the Gemara in Tainus and the Afhemid Beis, famous Gemara that we just sang a song about. After discussing a few different conversations between the great Reb Yitzchak and Reb Nachman, so when they were parting company, when they were leaving one another, Amr Lay, so Rav Nachman says to Rav Yitzchak, Livrechan Mar, give me a bracha. Now that I'm leaving you, please give me a bracha. Amr Lay, Rav Yitzchak says to Rav Nachman, Em Shalacham Let me give you a mashal of what this is like. La Adam Bamidbar, person was walking on the midbar, he's walking in the desert. And he was he was thirsty and he was he was hungry, he was tired, he was thirsty. In the middle of a desert he finds an oasis, he finds a a beautiful tree, and the tree has a wonderful shade that it gives off. It has a stream of water underneath it, and it has sweet fruits. So he sits under this tree, he gets hana from the shade and from the fruit and from the water. And when he wants to leave, when he wants to go on his way, Amari says the following. Elon, Elon, tree, oh tree, how am I going to be able to possibly bench you? How could I bless you? What should I say to you? I should tell you that you should have free, sweet fruit. That should be the bracha that I give you. It's too late. You already have sweet fruit. It's not going to help. I don't need to give you that bracha. That your tzel should be nice, you should have nice shade. No, you have nice shade. That you should have a stream of water passing underneath you. You have that as well. The only bracha that he was able to find for the tree was that any netiyah, any offshoot that comes from it should be exactly like it, should be exactly like the mother tree. Af ata, so Rav Yitzchak looks at Nachman, and he says, so to you, what am I going to bench you with? In betaira, I should say you should become a Tamil Chacham. Haretaira, you already are a tremendous Tamil Chacham. In ba'aysher, I should tell you that you should become wealthy. Haretaira, you're wealthy. In Bibanim, I should tell you you should have children. Haribanim, you have children. The only bracha that I could give you is that the tzetzoi me'echa, that those descendants that you have should be like you. So if you look in Rashi, Rashi says, You Kamaischa, the top Rashi on Vavam and Aleph, they should be like you. Your offshoot should be like you. Bitaira, Ula Aisher, 
They're covered. You should have Tyra. That makes sense because he said Tyra. So your children should be like you. You should be. They should be Tamidachachamim like you. Aisher. Again, that was something that he said he had, and and therefore he didn't have to bench him. But his children should have Ashira. It's fine. What would you think the next word in Rashi would be? Banim. Have children. That was the third thing. That was the, the three, the trifecta that he was giving him. The bracha was, you have Tyra, you have, you have Aisher, you have Banim. So I'm telling you, my bracha is that your children should have likewise Tyra, Aisher, and, and, and Banim. But Rashi says, Tyra, Aisher, and Kavid. Very, very difficult Rashi to understand. So I was thinking about it today a little bit, and this is what I thought. Trees, which is, tonight is it's uh, is the, the yantiv of trees, the Rosh Hashanah Lilanis. Trees are an amazing thing. We sort of take them for granted because they're so uh, ubiquitous. Wherever you go, there's trees. You go up to the country, there's trees. You, you drive down the street, there's trees. Wherever you are, there are trees, Baruch Hashem. But we have no idea how much trees contribute to our life. I think our life would probably be inconceivable without trees. Without trees, we wouldn't have any of the beautiful fruits that, Baruch Hashem, we, we have tonight at our Suda here. Without trees, we wouldn't have the table. If it's made out of wood, which I don't know if it is, but if it's made out of wood, it comes from trees. I wouldn't have this piece of paper and I wouldn't have the safer because paper comes from trees. The oxygen in the air is all affected by the trees. There's so much shade that the trees give off. The reason why people have heat is because they're able to have fireplaces and, and, and uh, different types of furnaces that they throw wood in from trees. Juices that we have, the light that we have a lot of times is from... Trees are... are you, can't, you can't overestimate how much a tree is. It's so valuable. What I find very interesting about a tree is that it's so valuable to us. It's such a hush of a barrier. It does so much, but yet it can't move. You ever notice that? A tree doesn't have any mobility. It's a very interesting thing. Everything else has mobility. Birds fly, and, and behemoths and chayas, they move around. Adam moves around. Yeah, there's daimim, there's rocks, but they're in a different category. But a tree is, is chai, it's alive, it's saimeach, and yet it has no mobility. The Rabbi Yishalem did not make a, a tree able to move. It's physically challenged. It doesn't have the capacity to move. You would think that a, a, such a, an integral part of, of our life should have the ability to, to move. But yet it doesn't, and it doesn't affect it once whatsoever. 
because HaKadosh Baruch Hu compensated for that lack of mobility, the fact that a tree is an Aymed, the fact that a tree is just there and it doesn't go anywhere, it's, it's unable to, to move out of its Daladamas, it compensated it by the fact that it has Paris. And what Paris are, Paris is basically the ability for a tree itself to have itself duplicated in all places of the world. You could take a, a fruit from a, a tree that grows in, in, in New York. You could bring that fruit to California. You could bring it to Eretz Yisrael. And assuming that the climate is right, you'd be able to plant the seeds from that tree, from that fruit. And suddenly that tree would, would have bonim, as it were. It would have peris and toldos and, and, and periperis. And so in a sense, even though it's very limited in its ability to be mobile, but it's not. Because by virtue of its paris, the paris give the fruit tree the ability to spread itself far and wide all over the world. There's a, a saying... It's not a Jewish saying, but it's a, it's a it's an interesting saying. It says, "Though you can easily count the seeds of an the seeds in an apple, it's impossible to count the apples in a seed." I could open up an apple and I could tell you how many seeds there are. I can open up a pomegranate and see if there's taco seeds in there. If anyone ever tried that, but you can never tell how many apples there are from a seed. You could take one of these seeds of an apple or a pomegranate or any of the other fruits that have seeds and you plant them and it becomes an apple tree. It becomes a pomegranate tree. It becomes uh, an orange tree. And all of this from a single seed. And the seed could be moved wherever you are and it could make Paris and Peri Paris. So the potential of trees are great. It doesn't have to move. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it able to stay in one place and other things, its Paris, its Bonim, are able to spread its fame throughout the world. But that's only provided that the fruit is similar to the tree that it came from. If it produces good fruit, then it's a covet for the tree, as it were, that it's being spread throughout the world. Let's say the, there's some sort of mutation in the fruit that's coming out of the tree, which sometimes happens. Sometimes there's uh, uh, some pestilence, some famine, something that went wrong with the tree, and, and all the fruits that are coming out of it are, are bad, are mutated. Now you plant them all over the world and you come out with mutated fruit it's only as good as the fruit and that's not a covet for the tree the only way that the tree has the ability to spread itself far and wide is if the, the pears that come out of it are like it, are doing it a service, are, are being mahana the world in the way that the tree intended it as it were And man is compared to a tree. 
The Pasuk says, Man is like a tree. We are different than a tree in a sense because we're Baruch Hashem able to move. We could, we could, we could walk, we could run, we could travel. But at the same time, we ourselves are very limited in what we could do. We're, our, our lifespan is very short. We live here for a few years on this world, some shorter lifespan, some longer lifespan, but not, not a long time. And we're only one person. We're here and we're not anywhere else. If we're here, we're not anybody anywhere else. But yet, we want that we should not go through this world without making a lasting Rishim. Everybody, I think, wants that. Everybody wants to have lived a life and make sure to have left over a nachala, a legacy for himself. And it's hard to do that because you're just one person. How do you do that? And so we are like the, the Eitz HaSadah. By us having children, and our children have grandchildren and great-grandchildren from each and every one of us, we could theoretically have hundreds, maybe thousands of descendants within not so long a period of time. It's a scary thing to think about, I think especially for a bacher, to think that someday you're going to have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You could be that, that husband with a wife sitting in a picture and having maybe a uh, hundred kids all around you. Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And that's just within our lifespan. But if imagine if we'd be able to see a thousand years worth of our descendants. It would fill up many stadiums and many, perhaps, cities, states. So a man is very much like a, an Eitzah We're able to, like a tree, have parents, have fruits, have children. And the children will bear our names. Our grandchildren might not all bear our last names, but they will know that they came from us, and hopefully they'll be proud of that. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the world that we have children and we have descendants, and through that, our glory, our honor, our pride, whatever we wanted to be in our life, could fill literally the entire world. Adma Rishain, the Gemara says, the Mishnah says in Sanhedrin, was never Yechidi. He was created all alone to teach you that one person is an entire universe. Because all of us come from one person. And you know something, in a, in a thousand years from now, there could be millions of people that come from you and that come from me. That's the way it is. A human being could have an entire wor- a world full of my own covet through having parents, through having children and grandchildren, or having talmidim, which are like children. Talmidim, talmide, talmidim. People are descendants, spiritual descendants of people as well. But that's only like a tree if the children are following 
the parents lead and the grandparents lead, assuming that the parents and the grandparents are Chashuva people, B'nai Taira, and they have children and they have grandchildren, so it's not a kunst to have a child and a grandchild. It's a kunst to have a grandchild and a, and a great-grandchild who are following in, a, in, in the Derech HaTaira. If the fruits are mutated, if we're having children that are not following in our way, then that's not a covet for us. That's quite the opposite. That's a bizayin for us. If we have Talmidim that are, are following in the proper way of, of the Rabbeim and, and the way that the, the Rabbi, the Rosh Hashiva, the, the Murrah, all the people that were involved in the Chinuch of the, the child, if the child is developing properly, that's a tremendous covet. That's quite a malayalam. But if, uh, if the Talmud is not, that's a bizayin. That's not something that's a good thing. It's no, not a big trick to have many Talmidim. The trick is to have Talmidim that are proper following in, in the Rebbe's footsteps. My great-great-grandfather was a, a Gadol Adar in Germany. His name was Rebitzlik Daiva Levi Bamberger. Shocking. <laughs> and um, he was known as the Würzburger Rav. He was the Rav in the city called Würzburg in Germany in, during the 1800s. And he wrote, a, he wrote many svarim, but in one sefer, he wrote a sefer called Kairi Be'emes. And this sefer, he basically went through Shas, and every single time that the Gemara speaks about an Al-Tikri, don't read it this, but rather read it that, he darshaned that. That was his thesis. His thesis was, he had a certain Mahalach without going into what it was, but basically, every time it says in Shas, Al-Tikri, this, Ella, that, you look into the Sefer and you'll find the Pshat and what Chazal really meant. What was the depth of what, he, what, he, what they meant? So, on the words, Al-Tikri Banayach Ella Banayach, that we say every Shabbos at the end of davening, the Pasuk says, that Pasuk that we, that we speak about, V'chol Banayach Limude Hashem, all of your children, Limude Hashem, they are learned of Hashem, V'rav Shalom Banayach, and they should have abundant peace, don't read it, your sons, but rather, your builders. He says, what does that mean? So he wants to say like this, if you have a child, and the child is following in your derech, and he is davening every morning, and he's learning every day, and he's a good person, and he's a Balmidas, and he has respect, and he has Derech Eretz, and he has, he does Chesed, and he do, gives Tzedakah, and he's just a good, God-fearing Jew, and he's following in your path, that's Bainayach. He is a builder. He's building your legacy. He's building your, your Kvedem Aleilam. Why am I here? I'm here to leave a mark on the world. I can't leave a mark on the world by myself. I'm one individual with a limited lifespan. What am I going to do? What, what am I? I'm Afarim and 
the only hope that I have to leave a long-lasting legacy to the world is through my children, through my Talmidim, through my, the parents that I have. If they're doing the right thing, they're bainayach. They are building my legacy. If they're not doing the right thing, they're not bainayach. You have children. They're biological children. That's very nice. But they're meharsayach, he says. They're not builders. They're destroyers. They're not building my legacy at Kihuzah. They're destroying my legacy. The Chavetz Chaim once was approached by a childless couple. And they said to him, Rebbe, please give us a bracha. We've been married so many years and we haven't had children. We need, we need children. Everybody wants children. And the Chavetz Chaim was like sort of like poo-pooing it, like he wasn't like he wasn't being gyrus them, he wasn't at all even acknowledging their request and they said, Rabbi, you can't ignore us just give us a bracha, we should have children and this time he was like hesitating and he said I'm sorry he said, I, 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 I'm not in the business of giving brachas to having, for having children they said, why not? you're the you're the Chavetz Chaim. If anyone in the world is, could give us a bracha and it could be Makayim, it's you. You're the Tzaddik Yisrael. Why can't you give us a bracha? He says, because why do you want to have children? He says, do you know the climate that it is today? You know how difficult it is to be a, a full-fledged Yid today? So you're going to have a child? And how do you know how that child is going gonna, is gonna to grow up? You think it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an Indian to have a child just to have a child? It's only something to have a child if your child is going to grow up But if the child is not going to be and there's no guarantees in, this, in, this, in, in the times that we're living, who knows how you're going to... This is the Chavitz Chaim in Rad in 1930. In 1930s, the world was completely different. And he was saying it back then. Today, how, that, how that's so true. Children for the sake of children is not such a big deal. It's children and being mechanich them properly and making sure that they go al derech It's a very difficult thing. And if you have that, you have a legacy. If you're able to, uh, to look and have mitas shlema, you're able to have all of your children in mitzvah be al derech then you have a beautiful, beautiful legacy that you've left over and they will in turn have children and they will have children and before you know it, you'll have a, a machane, an entire camp of banum ne banum aiskimatera mitzvahs. You'll have tremendous paris. But if you don't, if Rahman and Litzlan, our children, are not following in the right derech, which unfortunately today is very prevalent, then that's not such a, an enviable thing, just to have children. Children that are going to be by Nayach is, is Gavaldic. But children that are going to Rahman al Sambi Mahar Sayach, it's a terrible thing. If we look back in the Gemara, I think that's exactly what the Gemara is really saying. Here he has a mushal of a tree. The tree has everything going for it. The tree has 
beautiful shade, beautiful fruit, water. Nothing to bench this tree with. The tree itself, Basher Husham, where it stands, perfect. The only thing that you have to be worried about if you're a tree is what's going to be with your Paris. How are your Paris going to be? I'm perfect. Everything is great. My fruit today and my tree is perfect. What happens when you take that Perry off? And now you try to replant those seeds somewhere else. So the seed's going to be like me. I don't know. The biggest bracha you could give a tree is that your parish are called As beautiful as you are, that should continue. Wherever you are, you are stuck here. You are immobile. So as beautiful as you are, but you're very limited in your scope, but your parish is what you're hoping in. You're investing everything in those parents. Make sure my bracha to you is that your trees, the future trees that will come out of you, should be exactly like you. That's the biggest bracha. And if Yitzchak says to Rav Nachman, that's exactly what I'm wishing you. You have Tyra, you have Aisher, you have Bonim, but you don't know what's going to be with those Bonim. You don't know what's going to be with your B'nai Bonim, with your, with your Nechadim, your Ninim. How do you know what's going to be with them? Do you have any guarantees? So the greatest bracha that I could give you is that you should have Shekol Tzetzai Me'echa Yu Kamaischa. All the children that come out of you should be like you. I think Rashi didn't say the word Bonim. Rashi should have said but Bonim itself is not a chap. It's only Bonim that you have covered from. If you have children, just for the sake of having children, that's not a bracha. Chavetz Chaim didn't feel that was a bracha. What's the big deal about having children? They go off the derech, and then what? I have friends who have children, Nebuch, their mamish have tsaras. Nairais, very the parents are B'nai Taira, parents everything is good, finest people in the world. I don't even know, you know, sometimes it's because I don't even know what children off the derech. We all know people like this. We all know people that Rahman their children are not doing the right thing. Maybe we have friends that, that happen to, maybe we know people in the community that have, that fine people and their children just went off the derech. No rhyme or reason, or maybe there is a rhyme or reason. Is that a good thing to have children like that? So the bracha that Rav Yitzchak is giving Rav Nachman is that all your children should be kamaischa b'tayra uva'aysher uva'kavid. The Bonim, for the sake of Bonim, to say, okay, I have more children, what, for, the, for what? What am I, going for the Guinness Book of World Records of having the most children? Who cares about children? That's not a legacy. A legacy is not having children. A legacy is having children that you could be mechanic properly, that could grow up, that could be B'nai Taira, that could marry B'nai Taira, that could have beautiful grandchildren, that could have beautiful, a house of Taira, a house that's L'Shem Ulsiferis, that's Covered. You know how my legacy will be if it's going to be the proper legacy of covered that me, with my limited scope, I could extend myself, I could spread out throughout the entire world with a beautiful covered, a beautiful final 
look at life and say, Baruch Hashem, this was not a, a, a life that was squandered, this was a life well spent. I did myself the right things, and I raised mishpach. I had children and grandchildren that were following in the same derech. It was a covet. It was a covet that I, I have in the world through my children. Children alone, no. Tyra, yeah. Aisher, fine. Bonim, no. It has to be bonim that are covered. It has to be children that are bakavadika children. Children that are bainayach, not marsayach. Now, this is Nagaya from a parent's perspective. There's a few parents in the room, myself and, and maybe one or two others, but in terms of the ruba de ruba of this world, that are in this room that are Bachrim, so you'd think that this is not really such a relevant tish because I'm not a parent. I'll worry about it when the time comes. I have enough to worry about. I have finals to worry about, midterms. I got other things in my uh, dating. I, what am I on now? I have to worry about children also. One more thing to worry about. So let's not look at it from a parent's perspective now. I'm looking at it from a parent's perspective. But you shouldn't look at it from a parent's perspective if, you don't, if you're not comfortable with that. But you should look at it, and I as well, should look at it as the children, we are the parents of our parents. We are the parents of our grandparents, of our great-grandparents. As far back as you have to go, but we are grandchildren, we are the parents, or the peri-parents of very chashava people. And we have an obligation to them to do the right thing in life. Every decision that we make, we have to think about it in terms of are we building their legacy or are we doing the opposite? If you go through life and you think that you started, the world began on your birthday, when you were born, the entire world, that must have been the Bria Asylum. Bria Asylum started with me. What happened in the, in the 1900s, the 1800s, 1600s, 1500s, that's not my game. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a fresh new start. I am who I am. I have no responsibilities to anybody else. I was probably born with an immaculate conception. Everything is uh, you know, it's new from me. Nothing else happened beforehand. There's no parents, no grandparents. I have no responsibilities. That is the worst way of going through life. If a person goes through life and they think that I'm a product of Babas and Zaydas that davened and they cried so that they should have children and grandchildren. And that child and grandchild is me. It creates an entirely new perspective on our responsibilities to ourselves and to our yichas and to our, and to our, our the covet that we're supposed to be giving to our grandparents and our great-grandparents. I'd say call them Tov, Ram Yitzchak, and Yaakov. In Parshas B'Shalach, we lay in the Pasuk, Zekele ve'anveyu, Eleke avi ve'aremimenu. Zekele ve'anveyu, that we're familiar with. That means that they said, this is my God and I will, 
I will be Muraimim, I will exalt him. Avi, he is the God of my fathers. And I will I will make him great. I will elevate him. So Rashi says, what does Rashi say? Amazing Rashi. I think it's the nicest Rashi in Chumash, maybe. It's, a, it's such a Musav there. The beginning of holiness does not start from me. I'm not the first step in holiness in the world. In my mind, sometimes I think, oh, I'm the one that's this, I'm that. I am not the first step of Kedusha in the world. I didn't start Kedusha. There's a Chazaka of Kedusha going back. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, the Shvatim, the Dardaya. Throughout history, one generation after another generation, the Kedusha is way before me. I didn't start the Kedusha. You think I started the Kedusha? The Kedusha is in me? It could be that sometimes, you know, a person's about tshuva, a person is, uh, a person, his parents maybe weren't as from as he is, but you still, you didn't start the Kedusha. You didn't start the Kedusha. You had grand, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents going all the way back through the days, all the way up to the others that were from, that were holy, that were good, and they davened and they lived and they sacrificed greatly so that they should have children, they should have, and you're that child. You are the God. Now you're not my personal God. You are my personal God. But I don't claim to take credit for you like I discovered you. My father discovered you. My grandfather discovered My great-grandfather. These are dairies. I was baked from a thousand dairies of Kedusha that came before me. I'm built on the shoulders of my Avis and the Imais and all the way back. We have Rabbeim. Our Rabbeim. You know, you have a responsibility to a Rebbe. It's a, it's a frightening thing. I once, when I was in Kaltaira, I heard a, a shmuz from the Birkas Havram. The Birkas Havram is one of the classic Svarim, the Achreinish Svarim, and we have in the Beis Medrash. And his name was Rabbi Avram Erlanger. He was a tremendous, he still is alive. He is a tremendous Adam Gadol, pure Amelus in Tyra, pure Yagiyah in Tyra. He, they say he wasn't like the most brilliant cop, but he worked on himself, he worked on himself until he became the great Birkas Avram. And he once gave a shmuz. And I used to have the, the paper in Eretz Yisrael, they type up the shmuzen and they sell it, like for a few shekel in the, in the lobby of the yeshiva. And I bought it. I, I don't know where that shmuz is, but I would love to find it. And the basic shmuz was, with Maramakaimis galore, that when you're a Talmud of a Rebbe, you have a responsibility to that Rebbe. And let's say you do something wrong, your Rebbe suffers for it. In this world, in the next world, the responsibility is a great responsibility. To be a Talmud doesn't mean that I'm matriculated in a yeshiva. College is like that. 
College means, you know, I'm matriculated. I go to Queens College. I'm matriculated. Do you think any of the professors really have a shaykhist to you? Do you think they care about you? Do you think you care about them? You go, you take your credits, you graduate, and l'chaim l'sham. That's college. A yeshiva is different. A yeshiva means that you have a rebbe. Your rebbe is meiser leven nefesh to give you over taira. Is it a great job to be a rebbe? It's a great job. Does it pay as, as well as, as, as other much more lucrative careers? They could have been, if they have a gutta cup, they could have been a big lawyer, they could have been a big doctor, could have been a, and, and you know, lived in a very fancy house with fancy cars and a nice lifestyle and going here and going there, vacationing. Instead, they decided that they want to do one thing with their life. They want to be Meiser Tyra. They want to give over the Meiser that they got. They want to give it over to their Talmidim. And when they do, they're doing it at great personal sacrifice, not just merely because they're not making the, the great big salaries that they could have been making. It's much more than that. It's when they are macabre upon themselves to be your Rebbe, you are also being macabre on yourself to be their Talmud. And to be a Talmud is a very great responsibility. Just like to be a Rebbe is a very big responsibility, and you have to, you have to be legit, and you got to be real, you got to be ge- as genuine as you could be, and you got to be from, and you got to be doing things with Shem Shemayim, and you have to show your Talmidim this is the way you do it. But to be a Talmud means something also. There's a relationship between a Rebbe and a Talmud that is a great responsibility. It's not a, if people think that it's just a college relationship, professor and, 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 and student, and this isn't in any way denigrating professors, they're amazing. But if you think that that's all it is, then that's, you're missing the boat. And when you become a, a Talmud, you become like a child to a Rebbe. And if you're doing the right thing, and you're coming to Shir, and you're coming to Shmuz, and you're coming to Vaden, and you're here on Shabbos, and you're on Yantif, and you stay during the, for the Drashas, and for everything, that's Banayach. That's Bainayach. You're building the Rebbe's legacy. You're building Dairis of Talmidim. You'll be able to quote your Rebbe and you'll give over the Messiah to your children, to your Talmidim, and your Talmidim's Talmidim. But if you're not, it's Mahar Sayach. You're destroying your Rebbe. It's going to be a permanent blemish on your Rebbe's reputation, the fact that you're his Talmud. It's a very scary thing. Is a, I heard once from Shlomo Zalman Auerbach that when Reb Chaim Volozhner started Volozhny Yeshiva, famous Yeshiva Volozhn, which was the was the prototype of all the yeshivas that we have today, pretty much. So, unbeknownst to him, the people in the office of the yeshiva printed stationery. And on the stationery, it says it, had a, it says on the on the on the top of the of the stationery, it says Yeshivas Volajin. And then underneath it, in smaller font, it said Miyusad Al Yidei Talmide Hagra. It was founded by the Talmidim of the Gra. The Talmid, meaning Rechaim Volajin, was the Talmudic of the Gra. He was the founder. They didn't say. You know, by the Talmud, they said, Reb Chaim Velazhner comes into the office, 
and sees this stationery. They, they, they bought boxes and boxes of stationery. I'm sure it wasn't cheap. A lot of trees were probably cut down in order to make that stationery. And he says, Who, whose idea was this? So one of the, you know, one of the, the executive director of the yeshiva, maybe somebody said, I thought it would be, you know, nice to send that stationery that says that it's Musa that we have Messiah from the Gra. So he said, I can call the guy my Rebbe because I learned from him. But I should have the chutzpah to call myself a Talmud of the Vilna Gain? I don't dare call myself a Talmud. I'm, that's fire. To call myself a Talmud of the Vilna Gain, I'm, I'm petrified to do that. The guy is a Shaykhla. I'm a Talmud. I could, he's a rabbi of mine. He's a rabbi. He taught me Tyre. But I'm, I can't write on a piece of station. I'm a Talmud of the Gra. It says, it says that every time the Reb Chaim Lajan would walk into the Gra, says in the Sifrei HaGra that his knees were doladonakshin. His knees were, were pounding against each other. His feet were, were, were rattling. He was so scared of standing in the presence of the Vilna Gain. It's a very big thing to be a Talmud. It's a big thing to be a Talmud of an individual rabbi. It's a very big thing to be a Talmud of a yeshiva because we carry on us. The mantle of the entire yeshiva is on us. If we do good, we're by Nayaf. We're building the yeshiva. We're building the reputation of the yeshiva. We're acting accordingly. If we have good midas and we learn and we daven and we're nice to people, we go home uh, during an off Shabbos in Benazman in the summer and we are walking, talking, role models of what a, a Talmud of the yeshiva looks like, that's a, you're a Bainayaf, you're a builder. If you go home and you act the opposite and you're acting without Midas and you're acting without Derech and you're not learning and you're doing the opposite and you're uh, wasting a lot of time and making a Chil Hashem, that's Marsayach. Well, you think that's a big covet? It's a, it's a kunst to have 250 guys in yeshiva? Who wants it? Who needs it? I need numbers. Numbers doesn't mean anything for yeshiva. It's better to have five guys that are learning kidabai and that have midas and that have derech eretz than to have 250 guys that are not. All that is is just uh, it's financial considerations and it's uh, bragging rights, but it means nothing. It means nothing. For yeshiva to be yeshiva, it's the core group, you, the people in this room, this is the yeshiva. Look around. This, you're the yeshiva. You and the people that are like you in the yeshiva. It's a responsibility to be a child. It's a responsibility to be a, a Talmud. Because you are the fruit. You are the paris of your rebbe. You are the paris of your, of your parents, of your grandparents. The kedusha doesn't start from you. Lush in the Gemara that you're Talab Ashle Ravravi. You are you are dangling on a on a very high, tall tree. A big tree that we're we're just one fruit of a of a large tree. We're not the beginning and the end. Many fruits have come before us. They've been planted with a lot of mysterious nefesh, and, and we're here to be a part of that Messiah, but only if we're a part of the Messiah. So uh, a very nice story. One of the great grandchildren of the Chasim Seifer, his name was the Erlayer Rav. 
He was Nifter recently, I think. And he used to say, I think whenever, he, he was a great, uh, a, a nechad of the Chasim Seifer, and his Rebetzin was a cousin of his. They were both, they both came from the Chasim Seifer from different, different lines, but they both were great-grandchildren of the Chasim Seifer. So, every time she came into the room, he would like stand up for her. Say, so, so what are you standing up for her for? What are you talking about? She's a great-granddaughter of the Chasim Seifer. I have to stand up for her. So he said, hey, but, but, but the Rav is also, you're also a great-grandson of the Chasim Seifer. Why do you have to stand up for her? So she, he said like this. He said, she's a nechet of the, of the Chasim Seifer, regardless. She's a woman. She has the yichas. I have to be machabed her. Me? I'm only considered a grandson of the Chasim Seifer, a great-grandson of the Chasim Seifer, if I learn Tyra like he expects me to. If I don't learn Tyra like he expects me to, that's not a, that's not a covet for him. She's a, she's a nice woman. She's sanua. She's doing the right thing. She's cooking. She's baking. She's taking care of the kids. She's, she's saying her tillim. She's hanks and her Good. She's a nechad of the Chasim Seifer. I'm only a nechad of the Chasim Seifer assuming that I'm doing what the Chasim Seifer wants me to do. I'm a, I'm a pre. If I'm tzatzoy me'echa, if I, if I give him covet like Rashi says, then it's good. But if I'm not, it's marsayach. It's not good. That's not, that's not the legacy. That's not a tree. We have to look at our life a little bit differently. Stop looking at ourselves when we look in the mirror like, I'm it, and I could do whatever I want. I have bechir chavshes. If I want to be from, I could be from. If I don't want to be from, I don't have to be from. That's a very selfish mentality that we all have. But that's not the global picture. The global picture is, imagine how many people throughout the diaries were davening for you and for me that we should be B'nai Torah, that we should be able to, to live throughout the Gullahs properly. Avram Avinu Davin for us. For me and for you, Avram Avinu Davin. Then Yitzchak and Yaakov and Moshe and Aaron and David and Shlaima and everybody. The Rishayim, the Achrayim, the Ga'inim, the Kadmainim, they all daven for us. We are their descendants. We are their parents. And we have a responsibility to them. So Misa with the, the Blujava Rebbe. Blujava Rebbe was uh, one of the, the heroes of the Holocaust. He, was, uh, he lost his entire family. They were all wiped out in the Holocaust. He survived. His name was Yisrael Spiro, and he made his way to America, and he rebuilt family and, and his chasidus. But he had tremendous yisurim in the Holocaust. During he went, he was in like the worst death camp. It was called Janowska, a famous, infamous camp that the Nazis were brutal. I, I've seen pictures from this Janowska camp. I found like crazy pictures when I was doing research about this camp. They had a machine, I've never seen this anywhere else but Janowska, that was called the Janowska Road Death Camp. They had a, a machine and it was like, it looked like a big, um, like a millstone, like a circular thing. What was this machine? They would put Jews in the machine and they would crush their bones by turning the handle on this, on this huge millstone, like a vertical millstone, it would crush every bone in a yid's body. That's just to give you an idea of what was 
what the Yidden in this, in this camp were up against. In Machshimam, the, the Nazis were, they were so, they weren't just Risham, they were, they were brilliant in their wickedness. So the Blue Rebbe was in this camp, and in the middle of the night, the Blue Rebbe was awoken together with all the people, the inmates in this camp, and the Nazis said, everybody, go out of your barracks, and you're coming into the open fields, right outside the camp. They didn't know what it was. They, they were just, every day they said, you know, Vido, like they, they were just expecting, they were just waiting for their death. The Blushev Rebbe was like, he made a friend in this camp. The friend was not, not a Shemr Teremitzis at all, not a Maimon. But the Blushev Rebbe was trying to makarv him and giving him chizuk, and he was a broken man. Anyway, they were both, all of them, but they walked together. They were, they were whisked very quickly to these fields. There was a big open ditch, maybe from this end of the table to that end of the table, maybe about 20, 30 feet long. And the Nazis were all standing around. This was their entertainment. And they had, uh, they had all their guns drawn, their, their, their weapons. And they said, this is the game. The Yidden are supposed to jump and if you're able to jump and make it from one side of the ditch to the other side, you survive, you live another day. Whoever does not make it and falls in, they get shot. And the Nazis were laughing as if this was like the greatest circus in the world. Now, these were, this would be impossible for you and me, and we're, Baruch Hashem, we're eating well, and we're sleeping well, and we have nice accommodations, Imagine if I told you you have to jump from this end of the table to the next. Would you be able to? No, you have to be like an Olympic jumper for that. If that. Now imagine Yidden in, in this concentration camp, in this death camp. They were emaciated. They had no skin on their bones. They hadn't eaten normally in, in, in years. They had no, no energy drinks. They had no juice. They had no nutrition. They had nothing. And they were they could barely walk, and they were expected to now jump over this over this huge, huge ditch. It doesn't make any sense. And he says this: the non-from person says the blue of Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, this is this is insanity. He says, let's not even try. Let's just like walk into the ditch and get shot. This is this is it's not happening. He says, no. Blue Rebbe says we're going to jump and we're going to make it. Says Rebbe, this is crazy. Just let's go. Let's just roll into the ditch. He says, no. He says, on the count of three, we're gonna, you're going to hold my hand and we're going to jump together. One, two, three, jump! And they closed their eyes and they jumped and they landed on the other side of the ditch and they survived. And the Nazis were like, whoa. And then they walk back to the barracks and this man said to the Blue Rebbe, says, Rebbe, what just happened? So Rebbe said, when I jumped, 
I grabbed on to the coattails of my holy parents, my holy grandparents, and my holy great-grandparents. They were all there to carry me over. But the Blue Rebbe says, but you, how did you make it? He says, Rebbe, I was holding on to you. I'm not the beginning of Kedusha. If anyone thinks that they're the beginning of Kedusha, they, they got it all wrong. We're all Paris and Peri Paris. We're here to give covet to the Rabbi Shalom, but we're here also to give covet to our Yichas, to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, to all of the Avis. We have no idea the Yichas that we have. We look at our Yichas as like the last dar, the last three dar, and sometimes it's, it's not so enviable, and we say, okay, I, I, I don't have any Yichas. You know, if my last name was Soloveitchik, my last name was uh, Shmulevitz, my last name was Bamberger, okay. But, uh, but uh, my name is uh, Goldstein, I'm from, you know, Piscataway. I don't have any yichas. My, my, my father was this, my grandfather was that. I'll tell you, you don't know how wrong you are. I bet you that all of you descend from Rishonim that we learn every day. You realize that? I once read in a Ravaria Kaplan book how if you do the math, it's almost impossible that all of us don't come from Rashi, or maybe the Rashpa, maybe the Ritva, maybe uh, Rabbi Negershom Maragayla, somebody, we come from major yichas, you don't understand. Maybe the last few generations not, because of so we went through Golos, and we were in Russia, and we were in America, we were here, we were there, but if you would be able to really get a, a shtar yichas and see where you came from, you'd be shocked at your amazing yichas. And even if you have no yichas, but we all come from Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And we say every day in Shemana Esrei, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elekeinu, Elekeinu, Avram, Yaakov. This is my yichas. My yichas, I come from you, I come from you. And, but that's not just the way of getting through the gates of Tvila that we show our badge, we say, here's our credentials, we come from big yichas. It's a mission statement for life, and it's a great responsibility for us. And what we do every day and what we don't do every day has to be affected by that constant cognizance of where we come from and the trees that we're growing on, the Paris that we came, the, the trees that our Paris came from. We're not the beginning of Kedusha. But we have to be mechabed, our parents, our grandparents, our rabbeim, our rabbeim's rabbeim, till Sinai, till the Aves, that's our job. If we are really Paris, like we're saying tonight, and Rashi says, not Bonim. Bonim alone is not a big deal. Everybody has Bonim. Everybody has Bonim. Cats have Bonim. Dogs have Bonim. Rabbits have Bonim. Everybody has Bonim. It's a big deal to have Bonim. It's not, not a big deal. It's very easy biologically to make Bonim. But the chap of Bonim is covered to be able to have children that are representative of Kvayt Shemayim, of Kavad Atayra, of Kavad Amidais. That's why your parents had you. That's why your grandparents had you. That's why 
all the Dairis had children in order so that we could come and bring COVID to them. That's a very big responsibility that's on our shoulders. It's huge. When Yosef HaTzadik was about to do a, a very big Aveir with Eishas Paitifar, the only thing that was able to stop him, the, the Taiva was tremendous. He had no reason not to. He was all in. He needed, you know, he had a Taiva, according to one sheet in the Gemara. He went to do the Maisabia that day with Eishas Paitifar. Everybody was away. Nothing to lose. One thing stopped him. He was able, he looked through a window and he saw Yaakovino's face looking at him. He says, I can't do this. Can't do it. Imagine if we would have all the Ovis and all the mice and everything always in front of us. How would we be able to do the things that we do? We wouldn't. We're here to give covet to them. We, we can't be bad payers. We can't be mutated payers. We have to be good payers. And I think that's a, a, a very big insight to take with us on Tuba Shvat. The Rosh Hashanah Lilanis. What does it mean, Rosh Hashanah Lilanis? I don't see any, any of the, the... I didn't see any trees on the way to Yeshiva holding machzairim or wearing kittles. I didn't see any fruits wearing kittle or singing kol nidre. What does it mean that it's a Rosh Hashanah Lilanis? You know what it means, Rosh Hashanah Lilanis? It means that us, me and you, it's our Rosh Hashanah to learn how to be ourselves the Paris of an Elon. It's a day to take stock of are we doing the right thing? Are we good parents? If we would interview our great-grandparents, would they be proud of us or not? I think they would be. But we have to keep it that way. I think our great-grandparents would be tremendous. Everyone in this room, I think they would be so grateful to the Rabbi Hashem to have such amazing, amazing Enochloch that in 2020 are learning and davening and, and such a sterling group of, of B'nai Taira. But if ever we're not in that mood, and we're not so perfect always, and none of us are always perfect, that's impossible, the one thing that might stop us from doing Averis and, 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 and veering off course is this, is Tu B'Shvat. It's the fact that we're able to be maker. If I'm a pre, if I'm, if I'm Adamates Asada, I'm like a, I'm like a tree. I'm the fruit of great trees, and I am here to give them covet. I want to spread their name in, in the whole world as they deserve. I can't, I can't compromise on the principles that they had for themselves and that they wished for for me. So mitzvah we should have a beautiful tu b'shvat. It should be a successful din. We should be able to make the Rabbani Shalom very proud of us as the fruits that we are of, of the great trees that we have come from. Make our parents and our Abayim proud of us. Amitz Hashem, the bracha of Rabbi Yitzchak, that kol neti yisecha, shenaitim Not only should you be a great pre. But Amir Hashem, all of your children, all of your grandchildren, your great grandchildren should also be Kamaiska. Which one talks to Kyoto 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 Kyoto